How do we search for and find real meaning in life? Here on Search for Truth with your Bible teacher Brian Johnston, we consider that question today in our second study of this eight-part series called Does Anyone Know Why We're Here? We're again in the Old Testament Bible book of Ecclesiastes, which is a collection of reflections on the vanity of human life. At first evaluation, these reflections might uh, present a depressing study, but Brian's taking a closer look into the issues which this book raises. Today, the issue is futility or hope. Here's Brian. Thank you, John. Oscar Wilde, the famous Irish poet and playwright who died in 1900, once said, pleasure is the only thing one should live for. And pleasure is another topic our Bible professor researched in his quest for meaning. Before we get into that, we should link back to the fact that our previous study took us as far as verse 15 in chapter 1 of Ecclesiastes. That verse says, What is crooked cannot be straightened, and what is lacking cannot be counted. And that pretty well captures the sense of futility that repeatedly comes across throughout the first chapter of this unusual Bible book. We've been thinking of it as unusual because it seems to paint a very bleak picture of life. That's because it's trying to appreciate what life looks like to someone who doesn't start out with the assumption that God exists. The researcher here does in fact believe in God's existence, but he's deliberately limiting the scope of his study to the natural world under the sun. In effect, he's exploring what life looks like for an atheist. By setting aside any higher perspective, he repeatedly in this book comes to the conclusion, in fact, he's driven to it, that life in this world for anyone is an exercise in futility. Now, within the Bible's bigger picture, and especially Romans 8 and verse 20, we know precisely why this creation was subjected to the kind of futility that frustrates the professor here. That verse in Romans 8 and the one that follows it say, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. That's the source of the futility of which the professor here in Ecclesiastes speaks. God subjected this world, this whole universe, to futility as a consequence of human rebellion against its creator. That would be clearly shown to be the case if we were to read further in the Apostle Paul's writings. But thankfully, we have the added information that God subjected it in hope of liberation. Neither scientific advancement nor godless philosophy can bring about that longed-for liberation, that's for sure, which, in a way, brings us back to the search for real meaning in life. We rejoin the professor in his quest. He begins to research different options. Is ultimate meaning to be found in pleasure, he asks? Today, people turn to drink and drugs. These can deliver fleeting highs, but chasing satisfaction, fulfilment and meaning in pleasure 
proves to be like seeing a mirage in front of us and trying to grasp it only to find it's always retreating out of reach. We never get there. The second chapter of the Bible book of Ecclesiastes opens with the professor there thinking aloud and thinking about this. I said to myself, he said, come now, I will test you with pleasure, so enjoy yourself. And behold, it too was futility. I said of laughter, it is madness. And of pleasure, what does it accomplish? I explored with my mind how to stimulate my body with wine while my mind was guiding me wisely, and how to take hold of folly until I could see what good there is for the sons of men to do under heaven the few years of their lives. I enlarged my works. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself. And I planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made ponds of water for myself from which to irrigate a forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and I had home-born slaves. Also I possessed flocks and herds larger than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. Also I collected for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I provided for myself male and female singers and the pleasures of men, many concubines. Hedonism, the unbridled pursuit of pleasure, as is well described in these Bible verses we've read, Hedonism is ultimately shown to be unsatisfactory. Between the famous and the infamous, there is but one step, if as much as one, writes Oscar Wilde in De Profundis, meaning from the depths. He seemed to walk that narrow line himself, between fame and infamy, trying to become a martyr to the gay cause, by not avoiding the libel action and conviction for gross indecency, that finally undid him. The predominant theme of that particular writing of his, De Profundis, is the importance of sorrow as the unmatched teacher. He goes as far as saying, where there is sorrow, there is holy ground. Prosperity, pleasure and success may be rough of grain and common in fibre, but sorrow, he says, is the most sensitive of all created things. Sorrow is where sacred truths are learned. Malcolm Muggeridge was someone who, after failing to find satisfaction in a sensuous lifestyle, came to find satisfaction in God. Something he said fully supports what the Bible professor says. He said this, When I look back on my life nowadays, which I sometimes do, what strikes me most forcibly about it is that what seemed at the time most significant and seductive seems now most futile and absurd. For instance, success in all of its various guises, being known and being praised, ostensible pleasures like acquiring money or seducing women or travelling, going to and fro in the world and up and down in it like Satan, exploring and experiencing whatever Vanity Fair has to offer. In retrospect, all these exercises in self-gratification seem pure fantasy, what Pascal called licking the earth. Muggeridge there mentions success and money, and our Bible professor, 
returns to those in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. He says, they give a certain sense of achievement, but never enough. Here's what he actually says. All that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart was pleased because of all my labour, and this was my reward for all my labour. Thus I considered all my activities which my hands had done, and the labour which I had exerted, and behold, all was vanity, and striving after wind, and there was no profit under the sun. He says his heart was pleased with his work, with his achievements. He can talk about it being rewarding, but further, more prolonged reflection ends with him dismissing it as of no profit. Jack Higgins, author of successful novels, including The Eagle Has Landed, was asked what he would like to have known as a boy. It was, I'd have liked to have known that when you get to the top, there's nothing there. In a way, his experiments, that is those of the Bible professor in Ecclesiastes, have been repeated by many others in every generation and surely down to the present day. Freddie Mercury was a British singer, lead vocalist of the rock band Queen, and regarded as one of the greatest lead singers in the history of rock music. His was a flamboyant, sensual lifestyle. Money, fame, adulation, he appeared to many of his fans to have it all. But among his lyrics are found the words, There must be more to life than this. There is. The Apostle Paul says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. That's what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 19. These final words that we've read bear repeating. Paul says, take hold of that which is truly life. May I ask, have you done that? I hope you know God's rich provision and are enjoying it.
Many thanks, Brian, for your study today. Our hymn says, The pleasures lost I sadly mourned, but never wept for thee, till grace the sightless eyes received, thy loveliness to see. Now none but Christ can satisfy. There's love and life and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, found in thee. So may I ask if you've found peace and joy in Jesus Christ? I do hope so. As usual, all Brian's talks are available to download online or as a transcript book. And here's how to get the book. Either you can obtain it yourself by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media, or if you're not able to do that and need to request a hard copy book, just write in and ask for Does Anyone Know Why We're Here? You can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wooten Bassett, Swindon, SN4, 8DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. If you have any questions you'd like to ask at any time following Brian's talks, then do please write in. So thank you for sharing this time together with us. It's been great to enjoy your company. Do join us next time when Brian will be delving further into the book of Ecclesiastes. So I look forward to you joining us again. But till then, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon. And meantime, may God richly bless you. Oh,